Welcome to the podcast, Bobby Ty and Alex Delgado. So today we got a podcast that's going to be about market trends um, and also some some things that have been going on in the market, um, specifically around some inc- uh, increases in foreclosures. So start off by going through some home prices, which have seen a 4% decrease year over year. I'm not sure if you had been uh, tracking on that there. Oh, absolutely. You're so uh, good. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. No, um, so the, I guess this, so I've been wanting to buy another property. Yeah. I'll say, you know, but the interest rates are climbing and, you know, the economy, you just, it's a very, what's next? It's a very delicate time frame, And right. I don't know. There's, there's a lot of hesitation like yeah. on, on my end, which I feel like is kind of expected. And it's kind of how a lot of other, buyers are right now. Yeah. Too, right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. The the one thing that I was talking about yesterday on the podcast that I consider interesting point for people to take uh take a hold of is first off, the market was really hot. So w- when you look at the market for the last couple of years, it grew tremendously fast. So there's a little bit of a cooling off period going on right now, which is probably a good thing. The market did need to cool down a little bit. But one of the things that I think people should always get back to when it comes to buying and real estate is to take a long-term perspective and to take a long-term approach when viewing the market. And what I mean by that is when you look at the average sales price of sold homes in the United States, historically speaking, let's really rewind time and go back to 1975. The average house in the US sold for 1975, $50,000. Fast forward to the year 2000, the average home was being sold for just under $200,000. You look at what Redfin reported yesterday, the average US household sold for $408,000. So historically speaking, prices grow over time. So consumers gain equity and their home value grows over time. So when people look and they realize, oh, wow, prices have decreased 4% year over year, the one thing to keep in mind is there's a little bit of a cooling off phase going on right now. And then to take that long-term historical perspective and keep that on your mind because that'll allow you to make a much more comfortable decision. Yeah. And then on the next page, what I have is mm-hmm. it's super similar to the stock market. When you take a look at the Dow Jones Industrial Average, which is the the largest, most widely traded historical stock fund on the in the US market it's a same similar metaphor that you could take away from that there when you look at 1988 the dow jones was trading for under under 25 $3000 um that's that's how much it was trading for then you fast forward to today it's trading up over $30000 because stocks grow over time just like the housing market's grown over time is that is that always going to be the case? I mean, pro- pro- possibly. It's, no, one, no one can actually predict the future. But when you look at things from a historical standpoint, you see that the stock market grows over time. The real estate market grows over time. So as a potential buyer, that gives you some confidence that generally speaking, the product that you're purchasing will grow in value over time. Oh, yeah. So what would you say to someone who's like, Bobby, am I going to put my... Do I need to put my money in the stock market? Do I need to put it into real estate? You know, where where should I, if I want to invest right now uh, with this current market, like 
what would you tell what would you tell a potential buyer? I, I mean, that's, clients? I think that's a great question. And some of the things that you hear a lot of professionals say is you want to be well diversified. So if you're a homeowner, if you have money in the stock market, maybe you have some cryptocurrency, maybe you bought some land somewhere, that looks to me like you've done a good job diversifying yourself. And I think from that perspective, you're in a good spot right there. I mean, let's say the year 2007, 2008 happens again. Most people took a large hit that year. And if you didn't take a big hit, then that's somebody that should be spoken to. Is they're, they're doing something right or they got lucky at that point there. But I think if you're trying to figure out, should you get into real estate? Should you get into the stock market? If you're able to do so, why not do both and diversify yourself? Maybe get into precious metals as well too, some cryptocurrencies. Um, now, I'm not a financial advisor, so I'd obviously recommend to anybody listening that if you're really getting serious about making a financial decision, talk with a financial advisor. But the the old golden rule is always be well diversified. So I think finding ways to get into both could be a very good thing right there. So your recent clients, what was their what was kind of their vibe when they were going into purchasing a house? And I mean, with the interest rates where they are, how did you talk to them about like going through that process with the current? That's that, and then that's a that's a great point of view because um, what I spoke about yesterday on the podcast was literally just that right there. I had a client come in; he was looking to purchase a house, and I'm going to make up some numbers. He was looking to buy a house for three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. That was his budget. That's what he wanted. So we found him that house, um, and we decided to go new home construction because he didn't really want to come out of pocket. Um, a whole lot for closing costs or down payment. So what we did was we went and we got him a new construction home. So the buyer paid the 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 developer, um, the builder paid for all of his closing costs, all of his prepaid costs, and we were able to get him a rate buy down as well. So he comes into the deal, he gets his home for three hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and we get the builder to cover all of his closing prepaid costs and also do a rate buy down on top of that, but it gets a little bit better because he's somebody who's trying then to figure out, well, now now that I've done this, how can I also further decrease my mortgage payment? What he decided to do is he's also putting one of his buddies, so he gets a four-bedroom house, four-bedroom, two-bathroom home. One of those bedrooms, he's going to rent out to one of his buddies who's also in the military. So let's say his home is $2,400 a month. His buddy's paying $800 a month. So really he's only paying $1,600 every single month. So yeah. he's somebody who came in, he got new home construction, all closing costs paid for, and then put a buddy into his home. Now, th there's a couple other things you can do. So another thing I talked about yesterday was for for someone that's in that situation there is, you know, you could always you, it, I'll, I'll get into this a little bit later, actually, in the podcast, but yeah, that's something that he had chose to do, which I thought was a really good move yeah. as a buyer. Yeah, I yeah. think it's uh, the correct term is house hacking. Yeah. Right. House <laughs> hacking. We, it's uh, so house hacking. Yeah. If you're unfamiliar with the term is you're bringing a, you're bringing someone else to come live in this house to you that's going to pay rent. And when you sign that lease, you're able to bring it up to your mortgage, your mortgage officer or your loan officer and tell them, and tell me, hey, here's some extra income. We have a signed lease to help 
pay for the house and help get approved for that loan. So it seems like what you're saying that even in today's market, there's still opportunities to take advantage of what's around you. And I think that probably helps with having a knowledgeable real estate agent. Too. Yes, absolutely. And there's one of the things that um, you want to know is if you're getting ready to make a buying decision or selling decision, you do want to talk to a real estate agent. You might want to talk to financial advisor. You want to make sure that you understand what's going on in the process of buying or selling a home. There's probably a lot of questions that you have and you need to get those questions answered because when you do, the buying and selling process becomes more enjoyable for you where if you have questions and you're not getting them answered, that's not a good thing. I, I encourage all my clients, ask me questions. Let me know what's on your mind. Let's make sure we get all your questions answered so that you feel good and comfortable during the process. You never want to hold back questions there. Another thing that I, I talked about yesterday was a lot of sellers are reluctant to sell their property right now because they might have gotten in on a property where interest rates were really low. Right. And now they're looking at a market and they're going, wow, well, if I do sell right now, what are my options? And a lot of them are just holding out on the sidelines with 100K in equity, 200K in equity. And at some point, they might want to ask, well, when am I going to cash this out? And if I do, what are my options? So I wrote down four different things. Um, rate buy-downs, refinancing in the future, renting, or renting out a room in your house. Yeah. So there's a there's a funny phrase I heard I heard recently. It's called marry the house, date the rate. Yeah. So what does that mean to you? Yeah. Yeah. You're gonna get into a house and you're gonna be there long term and you get your interest rate in the beginning at let's say seven percent in the future. When rates go down, if the rates go down to say 5%, you have the option then to refinance to 5%. Yeah. So I think that that's what you're getting at right there. And it's smart. Yeah. At some point in the future, if interest rates go down, you should then refinance if it makes sense to you. Because what that's going to do is, I'll use an example of a property that I had. I had a townhome that I had a mortgage payment of that was $1,800 a month. Um, in the middle of 2021, I refinanced down to a lower interest rate, and that took my payment down to $1,575 a month. So I was saving about $225 every single month by refinancing yeah. to a lower rate. So that's an option that a seller would have at some point in the future. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Um, so by talking about uh, foreclosures, what's, what's kind of... I know like the market's kind of crazy. I know what, back in 2008, you saw a mass increase of foreclosures. Uh, is this something that we're still seeing now and why, and how does that affect us? It, it's, it's a, it's a good question yeah. and it's an interesting new trend. Um, what's going on with foreclosures is historically speaking, we're still well below historical averages for foreclosures. Yeah. But if you look at where are we this year compared to last year, Right now, there's been a 14% year-over-year increase in foreclosures. Um, there's been a 7% month-over-month increase in foreclosures. So um, you've seen we've seen that go on in the last 12 months and the last month. Mm -hmm. um, first, the states with the highest foreclosures, it goes Illinois, Delaware, New Jersey, Nevada, with the highest rate of foreclosures. And I think it actually presents a decent buying opportunity for a lot of people because there's a lot of people that have been priced out of the market, so to speak. And right. who have been sitting on the sidelines. And 
I think if if you research foreclosure, you do your homework, you do your due diligence, you can come in and look at foreclosures as a great buying opportunity for yourself. Now, obviously, you want to make sure there's no structural damage to the house. There's no cracks in the foundation. There's nothing that would require serious financial contribution unless you were open to that. Right. But if something just needs new paint, new carpet, new lights, new fans, that right there could be a nice opportunity for somebody that's been on the sidelines again. Nice. All that data I, I spoke to was from the website ATOM. Um, they do a great job of listing foreclosure filings and other real estate data. So definitely recommend taking a look at that there. But um, that that's that was the uh, the foreclosure information that I had come across. Something that um, you know, I'll speak to on later podcast. Something that I'm going to keep my eyes on right there. Um, other stuff that I was talking about, Alex was. In the process of buying and selling, the importance of patience yeah. and, and making sure that when you're buying or selling a home, you're patient in that decision. Not not lazy, not lackadaisical yeah. because you could miss out on a really good deal. Right. Think about it. The, the home that you're currently living in, which I think is a beautiful, great home. I thought you did a great job going to... Imagine if you were lazy on that decision or kept second guessing yourself. You could have missed that, right? Yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. If I didn't... If I saw, so I saw the opportunity that, hey, this house was for sale, the, and then just a little backstory, they did the previous, there was a buyer for the house, but the finance didn't fall out. Yeah. You know, and the side agent mentioned it to me and I was like, oh, I think this is a great opportunity for us to buy a house for a growing family and at the yeah. same time, rent out our current home. Right. So very, very nervous process. Uh definitely risky for sure if you're yeah. if it's your first time doing it right um you don't like how do you get leases how do you rent the house out how do you maintain it right there's a huge learning curve that definitely that definitely went into it but i would say though that it allowed being able to rent that house allowed us to purchase the next home right so that could probably be beneficial for someone who has that lower interest rate yeah right I, alex did a great job of he bought a townhome he was living there with his family. Obviously, when you start raising a family, you need more space. Yeah. So he found a home that was getting ready to be sold in the same neighborhood, much larger, bought that house, and then put renters in the first home. And what I thought you did the right thing was you worked with a realtor on both of those. Yes. You didn't try to do too much by yourself. You had a realtor come in, make sure you ran background checks credit checks on the on the renters that you were putting into the talent home, which is a mistake people will sometimes make is they won't really vet who they're bringing in. If, if someone has a couple past, past evictions, you probably don't want them renting your home because there's a good chance that they might not pay because that's what they've been doing in the past. So you did a good job of vetting the people that went into your home. So you had good, consistent payments coming into that town home. And then you found a good deal. You got your closing costs paid for, your prepaid costs paid for. A lot of appliances yeah. moved in as well too. And you got yourself into that house. You did your research. You did your homework. You reassessed the situation. You slept on it for a night or two. You didn't rush anything. And then when the time was right, you made your decision. Oh, yeah. That was very stressful. But the big decision maker was asking my wife. And she yeah. said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it worked out great. So, and did, 
Did she ask a lot of questions during the process or was she more relying on your information? How was that? So she was more relying on my information, okay. but she was, she was very, she was very comfortable with it. And the reason is because I had a real estate agent. Right. So that agent was there to help me answer all those questions. Like how do I manage it? The leases, financing, like what, yeah. how much money should I be like saving towards putting down like on yeah. the house and there's a lot of there's a lot of great resources out there for sure, like on YouTube, yeah, um, that you can find just about renting. Um, but having that agent with me to help was in was in the, like the seller. Real briefly, you had a situation where a side agent at a community that you were buying from they withheld some information from you. There, there was something that went on where, yes. So I had so with the agent that I worked with he, he had mentioned uh he mentioned that the house was available and that's where i found out the initial information that this larger house in the same neighborhood it's available i told him oh my gosh it's awesome help me buy it yeah right and then just the next day um he was busy and i saw the side agent i was like hey can i just take a look at the house like i'm really thinking about really thinking about uh, purchasing it and um, moving our family into this bigger house. And she said, sure. Yeah. So she walked us through the whole property. It was a really nice house. And I just sat there. I remember sitting in the living room floor thinking like, this is the house. Yeah. Like, this is the house that I'm going to, that we're going to buy, grow our family in. And um, then, and then towards, uh, I said, thank you so much for seeing, for let me see this. I'll get back to you soon. Right. So I messaged her that same day. And I said, Hey, so everything looks good. Um, my real estate agent's going to reach out to you later to we can talk more about um, about purchasing the house and getting an offer. Yeah, that's when things started turning. Right. So she 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 initially said she initially said that um, well you can't you can't use this agent because I already brought you the house in the first place. Right. And I said, well, I we didn't sign anything. Yeah. I I haven't signed anything, and uh, she's like, it doesn't matter. As long as since I showed you the property first, then you have to, then you have to go with me and no other agents. Hmm. And she made this process very difficult. Where as a buyer, I'm like, no, I need my agent. I want to have my agent. Right. I need my agent to help me with all these resources, the inspections, this insurances. Is, this is a scary thing yeah. I'm doing right now. I'm buying a second house. Right. So I need some backup. And from this whole process, I learned that the side agents. Though they, they care about you as the buyer, right? They really do care about you. Um, but at the end of the day, their loyalties will always reside with the builder. Right. Um, so that was a very important lesson to learn. Um, and then with her saying, saying, Hey, if I show you this, uh, let me, do you have a real estate agent that you're working with or not? That should be the first question she asked. Right. Um, because you would have said yes to that. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And, um, and I, I didn't know what the process war was the legality behind everything yeah. so it was definitely a huge learning uh learning opportunity for me yeah um and it definitely it's brought some struggles in through the whole house buying process at the end of the day we were able to use our real estate agents after we we petitioned yeah we petitioned like the vice president of the builder yeah and this is a big national builder that we're emailing directly i'm emailing him yeah. it is it, it, I'm not saying it got nasty, but it definitely got really stiff towards the end. Um, but there's a really, lot of value that yeah. your your real estate agent was providing to you, though, in, in terms of 
shopping for different types of insurances, making sure you have an inspection done to make yeah. sure if there were any builder defects that those defects got uh, oh. taken care of, making yeah. sure that you understood all the information that goes on between all the different types of warrants. It's, th there's never a straightforward warranty that a builder gives you, and that's what you want to understand. Right. The builder is going to give you about three different types of warranty. One's a bumper to bumper, bumper one's a long-term one, and then one also goes with all the appliances. So like you you really do want a realtor that's able to explain to you the different types of warranties, insurances, and inspections yeah. that go on with the property because yeah. that stuff all protects you financially as a home buyer. Yeah. And we were able to, thanks, I had my agent, we were able to find those defects. Yeah. Like the, the, the faucet for the hose was on the wrong side of the house. Right. Like it was in the neighbor's yard because we're living on, this is our zero lot line. So my side of the house is, on, is in my neighbor's yard. And they put the faucet for the house there, and it was a whole, uh, it was a whole shit show. Another <laughs> another another <laughs> defect I'm noticing yeah. is most most locks you turn right and you open mm -hmm. left. I'm noticing a lot of builders right now. Twenty five percent of them are off and wrong. So like it's yeah. something little like that. Yeah, you're moving into a brand new home. You probably want all your doorknobs turning the right way. Yeah. So it's it's stuff like that that you want a realtor to make sure. Hey. You want the home builders getting this home squared away the correct way because all a home builder needs is to have one worker who's working on a house who's having a bad day and he's putting on things wrong in the house. Like you want to figure out where those things are, are wrong and get them corrected. So when you move in, everything is perfect because you deserve that home to be in perfect condition when you get that home. Um, Alex, I think to close this out, um, the, the, the big takeaway is that for buyers, you want to know what the long-term trends are. And when you look at the market and you see that long-term values grow on properties, yeah. you can buy with some confidence, but you want to take a look at graphs like that to see for yourself what have, the, what have real estate trends done for the last 20 years and take some time to assess that information. If you're a seller and you're concerned about selling in this marketplace, Take some time to understand the different options that you have as a seller and then figure out which one of those options might work best for you. Um, that's about everything that I have. Any last words, advice, or questions? No, I think you wrapped it up great. Thanks for allowing me on here to provide my perspective from the buy-in process yeah. and everything. Um, Follow Trident Media. Yeah, Trident Media. Uh, we, we do all real estate media. Great quality. Uh, Unbelievable uh, quality. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we're, we're growing, which is which is really it's a, it's a good. You just helped the lady uh, sell a house yesterday because the photos were so good, right? Yeah, something yeah. of that sort. Yeah, and, uh, we got offers within uh, almost 12 to, 12 to twenty four hours within listing. That's good. Crazy. <laughs> that is. <laughs> That's very nice. Yeah, photos make a difference. All right, everyone. Appreciate you all listening. Stay in touch with us. Talk to you soon.